Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the next little wrap-up of the conferences here at E3 2019. Now we're going to be talking about AMD. They had uh, they snuck in a little event here. They mentioned it back at Computex uh, that they were going to be talking about uh, some more of their stuff here at E3. And we just finished watching it uh, and trying not to go deaf. My God, Lisa needs to desperately, desperately, desperately learn to not scream all the time, or whoever the audio engineer uh, was for that needs to be fired thrice over. Um, between the like sizzler, little cut, punch in audio bits, and everyone's mic levels, it was almost impossible not to go deaf uh, or not hear anything uh, while you were trying to like ride the fader uh, and get the right volume. So it was a little rough to listen to, but we got through it and we we got some new information out of it. It wasn't like a a dirge of information or dearth. Of information, I should say, but uh, but we did get we did get some pretty important big stuff out of the way here. So let's let's jump in here and uh, and and go over these notes. I've got one of the first things that um, that I picked up on was they they quickly mentioned that AMD uh, was part of PlayStation's uh, next offering, but man, did they jump right into Xbox real quick and with spent a lot more time talking about Xbox and PC than they did about the PlayStation. Uh, they do have a fairly close partnership with Microsoft. That's probably part of it. Uh, but it was just something that stuck out to me, uh, which was especially, you know, something given the fact that AMD is providing uh, hardware for both sides. I guess, you know, that makes you think, you know, what what does that end up ultimately meaning uh, for the two consoles in terms of just how much parity they're going to have there, uh, which I'm sure there's lots of differences um, that may or may not add up to anything. Regardless, uh, we eventually, after a lot of just rehashing shit from Computex, and a lot of, and honestly, throughout the entire presentation in the most cringeworthy and annoying way possible, Lisa and everyone else on stage asking, Are you excited? How do you feel about that? And like waiting for, like, waiting for clapping, like they earned anything. There was just, it's like before they actually said anything, it was just constantly pining for attention and, and clapping, and it was cringy and annoying. Uh, and they did that a whole bunch for a bit, and then they inevitably got around to talking about the Ryzen 3000 series and the Radeon 5700 series for their graphics cards. Uh, one of the things they started going over, of course, was some of the uh, performance that you could expect to get out of the uh, these CPUs, and one of the big things they highlighted here was the 3900X, which is their 12-core, uh, and they really stressed it there where they went in and were were playing a game at um, 1440p, I believe it was, um, they did 10,000 kilobit, 1080p, 60 streaming through OBS at the slow preset, and they still sent out 90 over a little over 98% of the frames to the stream, which on one on one CPU, a consumer grade chip, uh, to be able to do that is actually, um, as a streamer, I can tell you it's pretty crazy uh very impressive now i mean that you could i i'd have to have my hands on it to really be able to see just how uh just how much that stood up over games you know there are certain games that are far harder on the cpu to encode just based on the movement uh the details etc that the encoder has to hit uh, so they, there, there are ways for them to have made that look a lot more powerful than it is, but I have no doubt that it would be a very powerful single PC streaming solution regardless, uh, of, uh, of what you're doing. Just, you know, 1080p 60 slow at 10,000 is a very, 
That's that's some big boy numbers. Uh, so they talked about that a bit, and then they of course doubled uh, or doubled back to talk about Ryzen Five uh, to make sure people didn't forget about that, and showed off that they are still very very strong performers in gaming, especially in CPU, you know, more CPU specific uh, workloads, like in a game like CS:GO, where they showed 1440p ultra. Uh, you know, just working up towards 300 FPS, floating somewhere between the 370 and three or 270, sorry, and 300 FPS mark, which at 1440p is is great. Uh, it, I don't know exactly how CS:GO works, but it would have maybe been nice to see the 1080p side instead of 1440p to really load up the the CPU instead of giving really too much at all to the GPU. But regardless, uh, more and more people are are sliding into that 1440p monitor range because it seems to be slowly overtaking 1080p uh, in in the panels that are made available. They have high refresh rates. Uh, people are hopping on board. So uh, 1080p is, is possibly not going to be as big of a talking point in the not too distant future regardless, uh, which is fine given how long that thing's been around as a standard resolution uh, for a lot of gamers. Uh, moving on from that, we got into the 5700 series, the Radeon, the graphics cards. They talked about the 5700 XT, which was the until later in the show, top of the line, but there is one above it, um, that honestly, the, the design of it, I mean, it's a reference cooler, but it looks like the way that they designed this this little embellishment at the top and end of the card, it looks like they dropped it on the corner of a staircase or something and it dented it. It's, <laughs> they tried. Uh, not, not doing it for me, but they tried. Otherwise, it's just a normal style, uh, you know, standard cooler design. We spotted that there was an eight, what looked to be an eight pin and a six pin uh, power connector on it, and they never actually addressed the wattage for any of these cards. They never mentioned it. They never even looked in the general direction of power draw, and so we don't know where that's at uh, at yet necessarily. But it did seem like, at least to us, there was an eight pin and a six pin power connector on the card for the XT. Anyway, uh, they did talk about redesigning the shroud and uh, and the internals of that reference to give it better cooling potential, to allow for users on the end to uh, be able to still get some sort of overclocking potential out of even a reference card. And they were stacking up the 5700 XT pretty much directly against the 2070, similar to what we were seeing um, on some benches at Computex, which they're going for price point. In this neighborhood, it's the uh, the 499-ish price point, despite the, uh, the fact that the 5700 XT is actually coming in at 449. Uh, which is, you know, just below uh, NVIDIA, which is, you know, about 50 bucks or so. It's normally what they tend to do uh, at AMD, and so this is pretty par for the course. Uh, but, you know, lots of power for $449. It's looking good. I'd still want to know what the, the wattage is, but regardless, uh, we moved on from there to the 5700, uh, which was stacked against the 2060. The 5700 comes in at $379 uh, to uh, to basically like I was just mentioning, go up against the 2060. Uh, and then they showed a bunch of tests of some of the more popular games, uh, or at least what they consider to be some of the more popular games uh, right now on the market. And, you know, across the board, it pretty much bested the 2060 up to 10%. But we don't know enough about the testing environment to really be able to give super accurate. This is still all AMD's numbers. Until you get people like um, like the YouTube tech crowd and, and Digital Foundry and, and people really giving more honest to God you know, looks at real world performance. Hard to say just how much of this is accurate, but regardless, even if they even if they equaled the twenty sixty and were still fifty or more dollars cheaper, then who cares, right? That's pretty much it's a win at that point. 
Um, beyond that, they then talked a little bit about Fidelity FX, which is their new open source uh, toolkit for developers that adds sharpness to textures, for example. Um, kind of like, a, like, I wouldn't want to call it an upscaler, but it's like a similar, I guess a similar-ish concept to, to DLSS or something, like or just a, something to sharpen the general textures on screen. Um, what I was, you know, what I was concerned about is when you sharpen an image, you tend to, if you go too far, you get noise, um, which, you know, kind of almost like sparkly, uh, I guess is the way to describe it. You get noise in the image and it was hard to tell with the examples that they gave, whether or not that kind of stuff was present. It kind of seemed like maybe that it was, but the stuff that they were showing was also something that in general, when you were playing the game, the odds of you really being able to take much notice of it. Not particularly huge. Something that you're really going to have to go pixel hunting a lot of the time to find. And that's not going to be for every example, but for a lot of them, I feel like that's what it's going to be like. And so I'm going to need to see this kind of thing be used more frequently uh, and to be able to actually see it in the game to be able to tell what it's like. I've used NVIDIA's DLSS in Final Fantasy XV, and while it does uh, while it does blur on uh, in certain instances, uh, the net positive effect, is, or the net effect is positive, without question. Play 4K um to just clean up whatever remaining edges and it still looked crisp and i'm playing on a 43 inch panel and i'm only like four and a half feet away so if i was going to notice something it is that pretty easy so I, I need to see more from that but it's an interesting thing it's always nice to see um uh, you know that what they say for pretty much n- uh negligible performance hit uh what they say virtually no performance hit versus their competitors whatever that actually fucking means i don't know um that's always nice to see some sort of image fidelity. You know, all of these things in their own little environment don't necessarily make a big difference, but you add up a bunch of stuff of these little uh, extra bits and pieces that uh, from the hardware and software side, making making changes and improvements. And then you can have, and eventually the bigger picture is you do end up seeing something uh, that is a, a higher quality image on the other side. And then they talked about uh, Radeon Anti-Lag, which is another thing that they're um, producing here, another piece of uh, of, uh, I guess, hardware, software, uh, pipeline here to try and reduce input latency. Basically, you know, in terms of clicking on your mouse and the time between clicking your mouse and seeing that action occur on screen, etc., uh, to try and reduce that. And so they were looking into how to solve those problems and they came up with this Radeon, uh, Radeon a- uh, anti-lag solution that, um, seemed to show at best somewhere re- around a frame, frame and a half in really specific instances. That is definitely something that a third party is going to have to take up and test and test thoroughly. Because, I mean, you get around a frame, frame and a half, the best players in the world will be able to notice something like that. Everyone else won't see it. But it's still a number that you can use as a marketing thing to say, look, even if you can't really notice it, you know, mind at ease, you're getting the best possible experience, right? Uh, So they had that, and that seemed to go uh, to go over well, as far as I'm concerned, anything that they can do it, as long as it doesn't make it worse, I mean, fuck it, right? Makes it better. Uh, beyond that, they then had, uh, Jeff Keighley, of all people, come out. That was a really weird transition, uh, to bring Jeff Keighley out, but they did, uh, and he went out to bring other people out on stage within the gaming community, uh, developers and such, uh, to talk about some more high-profile games, uh, a couple of the games that popped up on stage with Gears of War 5 and Borderlands 3, for example, uh, Randy Pitchford being brave enough to show his pay, uh, face in public after his shitstorms on Twitter recently. Uh, but he did it, and you know, credit to Randy. There's a reason he has a job. He's a hell of a talker. He did well up there on stage. Better than everyone else, anyway. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, just talked about, they just basically were talking about their games, the, uh, the technology that they're using in the games to make it look better. And of course, since this is on AMD stage discussing how AMD stuff, you know, it's working so well and it's going to help do this, that, and the other thing. Um, the, the, one of the, I think the big takeaway from this segment of the conference was that, uh, and, and Jeff asked this question, Jeff Keeley asked this question, this very wise question was, you know, how much nicer is it that, AMD currently is really on pretty much every console, whether it's towards the, you know, tail end of the Xbox stuff uh, or this next gen console stuff, the next Xbox the next PlayStation, all AMD uh, with the computer side. AMD is really making huge strides with uh, within its market share. So it's not just all Intel all the time within gaming, uh, within the gaming sphere, uh, working with uh, other partners as well for pre-builds for PCs and laptops. And obviously, you know, the developers would uh, respond in turn with, well, it makes it easier for us to optimize it. It means that we don't have to work within silos so often uh, and, you know, just develop for one console or one platform and then move on to the other. It's, you know, they have uh, they have more closer or closer to parity across all these platforms, allowing them to actually uh, focus more on on making the game and less on uh, trying to optimize it for multiple different platforms, which is just kind of a unique position that AMD has found themselves in here after the uh, the kind of the long play that they've been on here for about five years. They also discussed another thing here. They brought up Unity's uh, Unity's head on stage, talking about HDRP uh, and uh, and beyond that, AMD's uh, Fidelity FX um, HDRP. Really, I mean, the the problem that she had, and it's and, it's, and I would have the same problem here, is trying to describe all of this stuff. It was really better suited for you know a uh, uh, an article or a more long form uh, segment to really delve into all the changes happening here. But they did show a little bit of a clip there to give you a better idea of like real time running in Unity, what HDRP is capable of, and she gave some high level stuff. I urge you to watch it if you're interested. But they are they are really and truly standing behind this as being kind of the next graphical uh, leap for developers to be able to really bring their the quality of their games visually up. Um, so go and check that out, HDRP. Uh, and like I mentioned, uh, AMD Fidelity FX, which is specific for upscaling. So taking something from a, a 1080p, up, you know, upscaling at 1440p, uh, maybe a 4K, uh, and, and having it, you know, upscale without adding a bunch of, uh, again, similar to sharpening, you can upscale and you can end up with artifacts and noise. And, and the Fidelity FX is especially designed to avoid that as best as possible. They showed some examples for that as well. Again, not something that you're likely to be able to really see without pixel hunting to high hell uh, in a lot of cases. Not every case, but a lot of cases. Uh, but still, again, also very nice to have something else in the toolkit for developers, something to be able to place into games new and old uh, and try and make it a little bit uh, or that much more appealing to the eye. Then as their last, but wait, there's more, they came back out on stage, or Lisa did, and it, to deafen us all, to talk about going beyond 12 cores. And a lot of people already realized or knew that there was a 16 core in the lineup. We just didn't know when we were going to hear about it. We didn't know if they were waiting to retaliate against a possible Intel retaliation against their Computex, AMD's Computex uh, deal, but Intel had absolutely nothing, I guess. Either way, they announced it here. 16 cores, 32 threads, 3950X, 
comes in at 4.7 gigahertz boost, whether that's one single core, dual core, whatever, we don't know yet. Seven, absolutely, man, the 72 megabyte of cache. At, uh, then this is the big one. Well, first of all, base clock is uh, 3.5 gigahertz. But the big thing here is 16 core, 32 thread on a consumer size uh, chip, 105 watt TDP. The same as their 12 core. Uh, as uh, I, I actually don't even know how that's possible. It makes me a little concerned for... I, I, I don't know how it's possible. I don't know how much you're going to be able to juice it up. Um, you know, for overclocking or, or what, uh, but we're not going to have to wait too, too long for it. It's not launching in July with everything else. It's launching in September for 749 US dollars. That is still 16 core 32 thread is then it's still almost $500 cheaper than Intel's 12 core offering. It's not even, it's not even close, not even a competition. Then they showed a little sizzler reel where they broke a whack of mainstream CPU overclocking records with this exact CPU. They're not dicking around. It's pretty big stuff, but we're going to have to wait and see. Just like I've said many times before in this, uh, when people actually, third parties, get their hands on it, really test it, see how those uh, X570 boards actually perform, see how the chips perform in them with more consumer-grade gear in more standard environments that aren't so canned by AMD, and really and truly see the performance there. But it's it's looking like they're going to be spectacular regardless, at the very least, for the uh, the cost. It's uh, it's really, really quite something. Pretty impressive stuff, and definitely going to, uh, to make Intel have to double down on whatever efforts they're going to launch in what's unlikely to be 2020, and more likely to be 2021, 2022. I mean, AMD's got a good chunk of time here uh, out on top of the podium really in almost every market from mobile uh, partnering with AMD straight on through to uh, server sti- uh, server side stuff with Microsoft's Azure uh, they've 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 put in some work here in the last few years uh, but that's uh, all I've got here for AMD hopefully that was uh, relatively informative for you guys of course you can go and very, probably very easily find out any more that you haven't heard here if you're interested in it thank you for stopping in and listening I'm going to go and prepare for the Toronto Raptors to hopefully bring home a championship. Hopefully I haven't jinxed them by mentioning this in almost every one of our, if not every one of our things today. Uh, But uh, yeah, again, guys, thank you so much for watching and listening. Until we see you on the next one or for the Technical Alpha podcast, peace. Peace.